Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of Huddles and Stout, the only American football podcast on the mid-season slump. Um, delighted to be joined by the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, it's Rocky, how are you? Sasquatch, how are you doing? It's not only the NFL podcast on our podcast network, but it's only the only, uh, it's all, it's... The only NFL podcast to be hosted by me and you. And, yeah. you know, you won't find this content the, many other places. The, mo- the, mo- the only NFL podcast produced either side of the mead Calvin border, so we think. We're um, just after, you're after doxing us there. People will track us yeah, down and yeah. steal, uh, steal our identity. Mad, be a, it'll be a manhunt in Kilskir. Um Nice. But look remark the scent uh yeah look it's it's not just another episode it's also the final of our previews recording on tuesday the 29th of august thursday is a significant day because it marks exactly a week until the return of america's favorite pastime yippee but before we get into previewing i suppose the afc and nfc north this week we have some news that might Bring a bring a bit of joy to the Irish American football fan. You might fill us in. Yes, Rocky. yes, we do. The young Daniel Whelan of Enniskerry, Wicklow, is said to be the first Irish-born beautiful country. Oh, perfectly fine. Said to be the first Irish-born uh, player to play in the NFL, punting for the Green Bay Packers. So. We're not going to turn into a punting podcast, but we will keep an eye on him, see how he measures up against other punters around the league. It'll also give ourselves and the listeners sort of a frame of reference for what a good punter is. You know, because a lot of people, you might see the numbers, average punt and average net punt yards, and you won't know what they mean. You won't know, is is 44 net yards good? And I suppose by following along young Daniel Whelan, We'll all learn and grow together. Yeah, look, I, th- I think there's it's it's probably the start of a trend, um, and there's an, an awful lot of good work been done by the Daryl Leader uh, Kicking Academy. So he's a bloke who played formerly for Leinster and Connacht Rugby, and had a bit of a rub of the green over in the states, and just ultimately was unlucky. But he set up a kicking academy to convert Gaelic footballers to punters and place kickers which would follow a tradition that's quite popular in the states in which they're recruiting Australian rules footballers to be punters um, they like the fact that they can punt and that they are athletes still at the end of the day as well something in common with Gaelic football but look without waffling on with punters one of the Sorry, young Whelan, but it is probably the least sexy position. Unfortunately, it's not a sexy position. And before we move on to the meat and potatoes of the podcast as well, something we will just disclose is that during the off-season, the market rights for Ireland were awarded to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So again, we're not going to be devoting the entire podcast to them, but every couple of episodes we might you know, turn the spotlight on those two teams in particular. More so than, uh, you know, the adjacent teams or, or what else has gone around it. If there's ever a lull in news, we might just hone in on the old Pittsburgh Steelers and the old Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars. Yeah, and look, I suppose that's why Mr. Rooney was in the Aviva on Saturday. Um, the college football, which is great scenes too for the Irish American football fan. But look, let's get into the crux of the show kick off with the AFC North I think Rocky this week is yourself deputised that's right um, quick recap of how they went last year they finished 7-10 and 10. that's after sort of um, starting a smorgasbord of quarterbacks including Zach Wilson kind of putting his career to bed for the next set, couple of years anyway he'll sit behind Aaron Rodgers um, and then Mike White, of course, um, seven and ten. But all the juice this season is is on them. You know, after bringing in Aaron Rodgers, and um, for that to happen, the Jets also had to sign a sort of a 
an entourage of his bringing in Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Um, <clears throat> they, in turn, they had to trade away Elijah Moore to make room because they obviously were, you know, retained their offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. So overall, it's a pretty big upgrade across the board. Their defense remains pretty stout. And I suppose the biggest weakness and the biggest reason that gives people pause on the Jets is that O-line of theirs. The I Jets. think they were poised in the draft to take um, an O-lineman. Uh, it escapes me now who it was. It was Roderick Jones, I think, that the Steelers jumped them for and took themselves. But I think... Uh, Sasquatch, am I right in saying that O-line is probably the 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 kink in their armor? It is, and and look, they, they like it's a shame because they, in addition to picking up a few weapons for Aaron Rodgers, they also have a very very, I would say, promising uh, running back committee. So they've picked up obviously Dalvin Cook, but a lot of people might would be remiss to forget just how good Brees Hall looked before his injury. Uh, he looked like a stud. Is it Brees? Um, Bryce? Bryce Hall, I think. Or is it Brees Hall? I'm not sure. But Hall. Let's go Hall. Hall. He looked an absolute stud. I think he was an ACL. He, he ended up with his season ended up. Mm. But he, he looked like a stud. Uh, and was a real flyer in fantasy for a few weeks prior to his injury. Absolutely. So. Probably front runner for not, offensive rookie of the year. I think he was. Yeah far and away the only thing that gives me pause on him is the Jets were almost acquiring pieces for the team as if he wasn't on it you know they they brought in um, I, again the, their backup there escapes me but bringing in Dalvin Cook when you had a, a running back that was on pace to be offensive rookie in the year um, I think Joe Douglas is the GM of the Jets previously with the Eagles so he's I think he's in that frame of mind that you don't pay a lot of money out to that position the running back position mm. again another debate for another episode but I, I just find that surprising to that they would mm. they would bring in Dalvin Cook um, while he, while Hall was on the, the roster but it, I'm, it's probably just that a win now move while Alan, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is on the team um, in terms of prediction? In terms of prediction, looking at their first five games, they're at home against Buffalo, at Dallas, then at home against the Pats, KC, and then at Denver. I think that five op or five game opening stretch is tough enough. Buffalo, um, Dallas, and KC are three tough enough teams to open against. Um, you know, I could see them going two and three there. Possibly stealing one of those tough games, going three and two. I have them finishing the season nine and eight. I'm just look the talent on offense is there, but you know it, the variance of how an offense operates when the O line isn't stable, when it's not stout, when it's not you know it doesn't offer that stability to the rest of the team. It's very hard to predict, um, and. You know, you find it very. You don't often see these high-flying offenses sustain themselves when there's that much movement up front. You know, putting pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I, it, I have them going conservatively nine and eight, but I wouldn't be surprised if if they exceeded those expectations. I've, uh, I hold a somewhat similar view. Um, I think. One of the sides has probably improved as well in the division and I think one of the sides is going to retain kind of somewhat where they've been over the past few seasons. Probably worked that out we're going to be Sherlock Holmes. But uh yeah. Before we move um, on and it's something I mm. I kind of regret not uh, touching on in the previous episodes. I know we've spent a bit of time here. But uh, what are your thoughts just very, very quickly on Robert Sala? Like um not sure. I'm not sure at the moment. I think he's very much a jury still out type of 
coach. Um, I can't work out whether I think he's a good coach in a bad franchise or if he's an okay coach in a bad franchise. They, they make no bones about the Jets have, are kind of coming off decade, decades of not just mediocrity, but kind of like nothingness. Um, you're looking back to the last real playoff run was those few years under Mark Sanchez. Um, which is a long time ago. You're looking at 20, 2009, maybe. Um, so, yeah, jury's still out for me on, on Salah. Really, really. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think I was a bit optimistic for him when he took helm off the Jets, but uh, same. Nothing, not just nothing since then. Again, I couldn't go on to call him like bad or poor. I'm just not sure. As you say, jury's still out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, Buffalo Bills. So they finished 13-3 and three last season. That, of course, because they played technically one less game than everyone themselves in Cincy after the DeMar Hamlin incident. Uh, that was good enough for a first in the AFC East. And then in the return fixture, they were beaten by Cincy in the division round. Their first five games, they kick off, obviously, the Jets away. I'm going to flag that right now as being the worst game of the season. Do you want to know why? <laughs> no, why? Too many cooks spoil the broth. Oh, excellent nice. stuff. Nice. It's probably we're poised to have the battle of the two cooks in James and Dalvin. <laughs> I don't um, think it's gonna be especially thrilling. I'm like James Cook hasn't done no. much to this point. I'm expecting a big leap this year from him. Um, he looked tasty towards the end of the season. Okay. They then face the Raiders at home. Commanders away, Dolphins at home, and Jaguars at home. If you give me that that list last year, I would say it's very easy. That these sides have all drastically changed. The Jets look. We don't know what they are just yet. We think they're going to be more competitive. The Raiders again. We expected big things last year. They didn't live up to them. They've changed the quarterback. We don't know exactly what they're going to be. Commanders seem improved. No longer the joke organization in the NFL because that's reserved for the Cardinals. Dolphins had a fantastic season last year when you like factor in preseason predictions. And the Jags obviously taken a massive leap with Tra- leap with Trevor Lawrence. So we expect good things from them, we expect solid progressions. That's a that's a it's almost a gauntlet of an opening set yeah. of five. So I don't think coming out of that set of fixtures three and two is a horrific kind of return. Um, I didn't, in my research, look at the remainder of the fixtures, but look, I think it's quite a difficult opening five. The Bills, I suppose, is a prediction. Like They're going to be Super Bowl contenders right from the bat this year, and that's just based on the fact that they bring back much of the same they've had on both sides of the ball in previous seasons. They're a very good defensive unit, and they're led by Josh Allen, who... Look, he can be rocks and time diamonds. Last season was more rocks and diamonds. The season before was a lot more consistent. So, can not a hundred certain what we're going to get from Josh Allen on a week to week basis. If he can be consistent, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But as the old adage goes in the NFL, you don't win games, you lose them. So you, you're avoiding losing games, and I just think he can lose you games. Um, Absolutely, explosive I mean, He leads the league in fumbles inside the, the his own mm. five yard line, and that is yeah. the wrong kind of clutch stat you want your quarterback to have. Yeah. Now, there's no denying he's excellent, but um, but as you say, just volatile. Obviously, having a couple of rough years to start his career, then really turning it around and looking otherworldly for the next couple of years. Mm. Um, but then the last two years I would say he's he's been more volatile you've seen the highs mixed with the the lows I would kind of only class it as last season because the season before he went out on a shield to Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game was the AFC Championship game? you're right you're right the camera it was exceptional that game you're right 
Um, and it was it was last season that we really saw games where we were scratching our heads with Josh Allen. Sorry, Bills fans, for lumping the two years ago in there, but uh, you're right. It was just last year. Look, and I, and I think look, they've plenty of explosive weapons. I do think James Cook is going to take a bit of a leap. As I said, I thought he had a few he had a few nice touches towards the end of the season. Kincaid is also going to give them another explosive weapon for the passing game where they have Davies. But the one thing I will be flagging kind of now is I'd be keeping an eye on the dig situation, and um, because mm. we're still not sure what way that's going to land, and I I think that has potential to bring this harmony in the locker room, which you never like to see. I think the division has got more competitive. So I think they'll probably finish first. But I wouldn't be surprised if they finish second. And I do think they're going to have a much more leveled uh, record at the end of the season. So 13-3, and they're probably on course for 13-4. and um, Given how since he was going, I would say if that drop down to 11 and 6 like it's kind of where I see them at yeah look it's hard to disagree because even if the I think a lot of the buzz is gone from Buffalo because they've sort of in terms of personnel they've kind of tread water you know there's been no splashy additions no major losses um, but they just haven't been able to do anything with it so I think people are mm. You know, without having them made uh, major additions or splashes, people are just expecting the same thing. When this roster is, you know, it's top tier. Um, mm. So I, I think they're actually being underrated based off the fact that Josh Allen couldn't get the job done the last couple of years. He's not being written mm. off, but, you know, he's... He's, he's not far off. Like. I think people are close to dropping him from the conversation between... Uh, Mahomes and Burrow. I think I think uh, Burrow is, is poised to, to take that number two. And I think he has in a lot of places. But I think mm. Allen is close for a lot of people to actually dropping out of the, that conversation. What I think is key to that conversation is how Trevor Lawrence goes this year. If he plays like he played during the second half of last season, yeah. he could very much start elevating up. And it would be a debate as to if Trevor Lawrence or Josh Allen's the third best quarterback in the AFC, and that's understandable. Yep. Yep. True that. True that. We'll hit it up. The next team down in sunny Florida, the Sunshine State, with the Miami Dolphins. They finished last year nine and eight, despite getting eight to three and zero before the the whole concussion saga with uh, with Tua. Pretty scary at times, but they finished nine and eight. Um, I think in the off season, two has taken a lot of martial arts classes and has learned how to fall. Supposedly, it's paying dividends. Um, in practice, I I don't know if that's gonna actually, you know, come to fruition in an actual game. You've got big fat bastards falling on top of you, but sure we'll see. Um. Oh, Lord, it's home. Oh, Lord. They, um, they made some, you know, I suppose the, the two big additions to the team was the trade for Jalen Ramsey, huge. Sort of deflated because, of course, he's, he's going to be injured now until December. But I think the second huge addition to the team is their defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, standing in. Um, and I think... That's going to make a huge difference to the defense. Um, one concern is, is I think um, Christian Wilkins. I think there's a bit of a contract dispute there. So, and we didn't mention because it hadn't really come to fruition. Just very quick tangent is Chris Jones for the Chiefs. That could have an impact. Um, he's he's holding out, and apparently they're not too close to the contract. But back to the Dolphins. Um, a good team. I think their offense with two F two stays healthy with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Um, a good stable of backs. Their O line's not bad. It's not great, but it's okay. Um, and a good defense that's being coordinated now by Vic Fangio. Um, just taking a look at the first five opening fixtures at the Chargers, at New England, 
versus Denver, then at Buffalo, and at the Giants. That's four away games. I hope I got that right, but four away games to start the season. Pretty tough going. Particularly, that's um, West Coast to East Coast to West Coast. Oh, no. Yeah, you can see there's a lot of travel there. Um, I could see them. See, I, I hold Miami in high regard if Tua can stay healthy. That's obviously the big concern. He's a glass cannon. Um, <laughs> a paper tiger. Yeah. But I could see the Dolphins opening up 3-2, and 4-1. and one. Yeah. Um, even even with those away I, games. I actually think Ramsey, not as a good thing he's injured, but when he comes back available in December, it is like a new spark into that roster. Yes, um, yeah. A serious... And I think that could be a... Booster jab. Yeah. I think that could be a, a serious storyline to watch out for. Do you remember um, when you were younger just, getting those boosters injected into your arse? Because that's what Jalen Ramsey is going to uh, is going to be for no, this team. No, I don't. Oh, just me then. <laughs> just me. Yeah. Uh, it's a story for off air. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm high on the Dolphins this year. Obviously, so much relies on Tua remaining healthy. Um, yeah. Look, we di- and look, we did go into last season with the question mark of is two of the guy, and we kind of feel like we got the answer that he is if he's healthy. But I'm not overall convinced. And not only that, but if you look at say most other quarterbacks, if they get a concussion, obviously any cushion is, concussion is to be taken seriously. But that's concern is tenfold if it happens with Tua again like mm. after suffering mm. three last year particularly that that really ugly one that caused those spasms in his um, nervous system with his nervous again, system again 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 Cincinnati Monday Night Football Cincinnati it just they had some horror in yes incidents last look year. it's it's a huge concern um, like I, I'd love to see Tua play plenty of more years I think yeah he did answer and that when he is healthy he looks fantastic he's got a really good connection with those speedy boys in Tyreek Hill and Waddle but um, like hand on heart I I don't know if he will pay, play another five mm. ten years not on, not on good track record no. um, but look yeah look that remains one of the key questions for the Dolphins and the final side in the AFC East it, uh, I'm still getting used to not just automatically talking them up as favourites for the division um, which is my tenure in the NFL but it is the New England Patriots last season they finished 8-9 third in the AFC East they don't have a fantastic start to the season they open up against ourselves the Eagles at home Dolphins at home and then they face the Jets away the Cowboys away and the Saints at home. That's a rough stretch. I think first two games at home, they're difficult sides wherever you play them. Next two sides, the Jets and the Cowboys, they're not sides that would off the, the fixture list scare you, but the fact they're away, it adds them a bit of extra ragging power. And the Saints at home, we're, we're kind of high on the Saints, so I think, yeah, that's, that's not an easy uh, start to the season. They, I suppose, I think they're going to, I don't know if they're going to improve in a record standpoint, but I think their play is going to improve this season. Um, I would like to consider them still a playoff contender, even though I probably don't think they're going to make it. Uh, I think the defense is largely still a high-functioning unit. Um, they could have been in the playoffs last season, and it it pretty much boils down to that wild finish against the Raiders as to why they're not. That play, to me, was something very uncharacteristic <laughs> of New England. Uh, and New <laughs> England under... Belichick. It was terrible. Chandler Jones just trucked Mac Jones. It was... It was... Yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. It was assault. Yeah. Um, 
and look they're not the fashionable or the sexy pick like especially when you look at that opening schedule and the the, the firepower added elsewhere in the, the, the division but I do think they're going to be in the mix and while the record mightn't match up I think they're going to play a lot of sides close I think in terms of a best possible outcome for the page of the season Jones kind of gets back in line and kind of back on brand because in his opening season we were like okay Belichick's done it again um, that's kind of not where the public standing is at present but I don't think he's a million miles off it I think we'd like to see Alabama Mac back again um, and look I, I touched on that when I was doing uh, the Bills like if you want a side that was based on not beating yourself it's been the New England Patriots over the last 20 years um, and I just think if they can get back to that I think they're going to be in the mix, but I still think, in terms of a, a record, I kind of think like seven and ten. Uh, and I know that probably doesn't marry up with what I've been saying throughout, but I just think they're going to play a lot of sides tight. But I don't know if they have. I think they're going to suffer for the extra firepower in the division, effectively. Yeah, I think. Um, Even though they're improving. I'm like, they were. They contended last year, certainly not for anything beyond just a playoff berth. But um, I'm like immediately say you would say that they made a big upgrade in ditching Matt Patricia, longtime defensive coordinator, as offensive coordinator, um, for Bill O'Brien. Automatically, a pretty substantial upgrade. Probably somewhere in the realm of the Dolphins signing Vic Fangio for their DC, um, but. By all the reports in the off season and training camp is I don't think the the starting combination of the O line for the Pats is practiced together. They're dealing with um injuries there as well as the receiver group just being just not good. Like bottom bottom five or six in the league, I would say. Um so you know, they're 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 facing some pretty good defenses which should be their biggest concern. I think their own defense is probably decent enough to, to contend with some some strong teams, but their offense is just a bit shaky. But we'll see what Bill O'Brien can do for them. Perfect. Um, so would we be in agreement of Bills, Dolphins, 1-2? Um, Jets, Patriots, 3-4? Yes, probably, yeah. yeah. With, with potential for a lot of flux in those top three positions? I am... Um, I would be, you know, I'd have no problem with saying that the Dolphins would come out with the division win. Now, my head would say, no, the, the Bills will, will retain that crown, but the Dolphins would be my my sexy underdog sort of pick. Sexy pick, yeah. Fair, I'm not against against that now. Um, but look, moving on to the division, we always leave for last because it is our favourite division for, for obvious reasons. Now, I'm going to let you commence the previews, mm. but I just ask that based on the size of your preview and you make it quick. I yeah, guess. you gave me you gave me the bad, the ugly job. And that's talking about... I had them last year. Yeah, talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, finished last year 12-5. and five. Of course... The entire season, not summarized, but capped by that beautiful play where um, Ezekiel Elliott started or played center for a snap. Um, bit bizarre. But overall, a successful season. They fired Kellen Moore. He's landed with the Chargers. They released Ezekiel Elliott. He's gone to the Pats, which we didn't mention, but he's there now. No. Um, they also let Dalton Schultz go. He's in Texas, uh, or he's with the the Texans, I should say. Um, and they brought in some pretty kind of loaded moves by them. Was uh, bringing in Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, two pretty solid, solid moves for them. You know the domino effect of Trayvon Diggs being your number two, and CD Lamb now being your number two. Or your, you know, your number one, and Brandon Cooks is your number two. Um, I think it's 
pretty strong moves by them. Um, and of course, the news of the week was, or I should say the weekend just gone by, was the Cowboys trading for Trey Lance for a fourth round pick. Mm. Um, to me, I don't think it, you know, I, I wouldn't criticize the Cowboys like I can't really criticize the Niners. Yeah, obviously it was an ugly move. I would, pain. I would criticize the Niners. Yeah, I would. I would massively. Look, I'm not. Go- I'm not going to argue with you. They paid, you know, two first round picks and then the third one to actually pick him, for Trey Lance, to you know to to end up getting no play and a fourth round pick from him. Uh, the reason I'm not criticizing the 49ers is because it's a failure they they're just you know they're taking their lumps and they're they're moving on um i think for them to just hold on to lance and you know try and start him and get some play you know despite despite what he's been showing thus far would be why you would criticism i think the sunk cost fallacy and and moving on i think is just what they had to do and you're right and look they obviously believe that Brock Purdy is the guy. Obviously, evidently. But if we get to about eight games in and the 49ers are sitting at two and six, I think heads probably have to roll. Um going back to the Cowboys, I don't think I don't think Dak looks at this and is worried. I shouldn't be. No, I don't think there's any controversy there. I think Dak is he's not in the top tier of quarterbacks, but he's certainly at the top of the next tier. I think he's he's very solid. Um, last year was a bit of an anomaly with all those interceptions. A lot of them not his fault, but I would say he is fairly consistent. Um, I'm going to say the fairest thing I'll ever say about the Cowboys, and go. that is sometimes it's pure media spin and bias. Absolutely, they they're yeah, fall. they're under the microscope really fall. Mm. more than any other team. Um, I mentioned that they let Kellen Moore go and replaced him with Brian Schottenheimer, a buddy of Mike McCarthy's, and wherever he wherever he's gone, the offense has been poor. So that's a concern for me for the Cowboys. Now, maybe that'll be mitigated because Mike McCarthy's going to be calling plays now. They've said they're actually going to let some play calling fall to Dak. Um who you know took on those duties in the last preseason game and looked okay so you never know um we'll we'll move on and just have a look at their first five games and then you know talk about how we feel their season will go they're opening up at the giants then at home versus the jets then at arizona at home at the or against the patriots and then in san francisco versus the niners not a not a a gauntlet, as you would say, maybe the Jets and the Niners being the, the two top teams there. Um, I actually think Dallas will handle these five games pretty handily. I think, you know, we talked about the Jets' weakness maybe being their O line, and Lowry knows that uh, Dallas has a pretty strong D line and linebacking core, so that's where I'd say they'd win that game. Um, I actually think the Giants could maybe upset them coming off last season and being pumped with Dable. Um, but I have them going 3-2 and two in that stretch um, at least and finishing the season 11-6. and six. Very strong. Is it strong enough to take the division? We'll see when we get to some of the other rivals. I don't have Dallas rated that highly. Um, I um. But look, uh, let's. Let's. I think you're a bit of a turncoat. Uh, you're kind of shocked. No, I'm joking. Um, I think. Um, I think. You know the old, the old idiom: "Know thy enemy." And I think mm. I've been reading a bit of Cowboys media to get to know their players and personnel, and I've I've bought into their optimism almost in a you know a sort of hedging your bets sort of way like. You know, I'll I'll nurture my my misery now, just in case they do have a a, phenom- a phenomenal season. Yeah. Um. But if we're moving on to our beloved 
Eagles. So last season they finished fourteen and three, and obviously were beaten by the Chiefs in the big dance. Um, not a good preseason. I think it's fair to say, in that they've two losses and a draw. But given we kind of know our starters inside out on both ends of the ball, fair to say those were definitely third stringers. Um, in terms of their first five. Open up with the Patriots away, Vikings at home, Buccaneers away, Commanders at home, and the Rams away. You would be very confident with that opening five uh, fixtures that it should really be 4-1, if not 5-0. and oh. um, Don't want to get too involved in the hype, but would you, look, look every season there's an anomaly. There's a side that comes out of nowhere and causes ructions. I'm not sure... It's any of those sides, and we did predict that the Vikings would kind of be not a shadow, but far removed from what they were last year. Um, I think the Eagles still possess one of the NFL's best lines on each side of the ball. They're once again uh, in a position to dominate opposition. MVP run-up quarterback. Jalen Hurts, obviously, we tied up his, he got his contract situations resolved early. Locked kind of the Eagles into a position of stability offensively, and it should allow our passing game entering year two with Pro Bowl widow AG Brown to continue to make strides um, and catch up with our kind of more dominant ground game. Fair to say, um, it is now obviously no longer, I don't know if you could even say it was ever led by Miles Sanders, although I am sad to see him go think DeAndre Swift is a, is a tasty addition mm. there is rumour I hope it doesn't come to fruition but there is rumour that the Eagles are one of the sides in the mix for Jonathan Taylor weird um, rumour I don't um... I don't buy it I don't like it um, there is also obviously the pickup of Rashad Penny um, as well which I just think when you throw him what Gamewell can do what he's showing glimpses and there's a little bloke there that loves to come out and play against the Giants. Um, we love him, Bosco. I think as a run, as a running back tandem, I don't know if you can call four running backs a tandem. It's a very tasty group. Um, it really is. It's a Swiss Army knife. And sometimes you'll say that about mm. one player that they can do. Yeah, they can rush, they can receive. This is a, a, a Swiss Army knife off a running backfield. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's 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 hurts third season's a full time starting quarterback and we kinda like he kind of impressed us in season one. He definitely blew the league away last season. Is is he able to and I'm not looking for the same amount of progression between year one and year two, but is he able to progress even further in year three? And that's a big question for a lot of people around the league. Um I think look I'm I'm biased as always and I know that. But I think uh, based on the attitude he seems to have, it's definitely a possibility. I think all the pieces are present for another strong season in Philadelphia. And Mr. Kelsey is not coming back for, for one season for the crack. He definitely believes there is a Super Bowl in this roster. And it, it could be it could be the last year of this Super Bowl window. Lane Johnson ain't getting any younger. I think all the pieces are there. If they can stay healthy... Definitely can challenge. Um, in terms of prediction, it's a very biased twelve and five to fourteen and three again. Yeah, I think there's potential losses there. Um, I I don't want to speak too much on them either because I will end up, you know, my bias will end up overtaking me, and I'll just stop. I won't stop being complimentary. But if you look at their first eight games. The toughest game would be against the, the Jets. And I said Dallas would handle the Jets because of um, you know their front seven versus the Jets O-line. I think the Eagles have you know the same tier D-line, you know, particularly with the the additions of Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, two young young lads there who have looked pretty phenomenal, particularly Carter in the preseason and training camp. I like they will be favored in their first eight games. I I would not be surprised if they went eight and zero. If anybody could, you know, like, nobody could convince me 
that barring a very surprising upset, they shouldn't be 8-0. Um, the second half of the season certainly is you know up for debate on, on how they fare. It's a much tougher slate. Um, but, you know, they could go into their bye in, I think it's week 10. I think their first eight weeks, and then they play the Cowboys, and then they have a bye before playing Kansas. Um they could be going into the bye eight and one, and that's a very strong place to be. Of course, that might not happen, yeah. but I think, as you say, very strong team. I think where they, where they, suffered losses personnel wise, they've had conting- contingencies in house. Um, mm-hmm. there are certainly weak spots. Linebacker is a bit of a concern for them, as is safety. Not a disaster, but. Certainly a kink in the armor, but uh, yeah, I would I, I have them repeating as division champs. You know, for the first time since that. Don't be surprised. Uh, I suppose, sorry to go across there, but don't be surprised to see how we make a move between now and trade deadline. Um, uh, we're recording now on on Tuesday, um, where the final fifty three rosters are being, sort of declared, or being cut down to. I'd be very surprised if we woke up tomorrow and it wasn't the same as it was, you know, by the end of it today. How he's, uh, no. that's no. why I love the Eagles supporting the Eagles is trades galore. It's a very exciting time. Just very quickly as well, just before we move on from Philadelphia is the morality around, they signed uh, Isaiah Rogers from the Colts. This was the fellow who was suspended indefinitely for this year. This year and indefinitely beyond it for betting on NFL games and specifically Indianapolis Colts games while he was a Colt. I've seen a lot of debate around this just, um, you know, ranging from it's not really a big deal. It's gambling when there are, you know, physical abusers and domestic abusers and sexual predators in the league uh, to people saying, no, it's uh, really does jeopardize the integrity of the game and... I wouldn't be surprised and he should be suspended for two years at least or, or longer. Where do you fall on this? Uh, I think someone decided to sit out for the season and didn't play and was accused of sexual harassment of I think 22 masseuses and when he came back we were in the highest at the time contract for anyone in his position. Fully guaranteed. Go up. It's a bet. Go up. I um I I do get the the concerns of you know jeopardizing the integrity. You can't have it happen, but um I do think the just the discrepancy between the, the magnitude of of punishment. yeah of punishment yeah. is I, I don't get it. But anyway, the Eagles signed him and he can potentially return and replace Avante Maddox next year. Looking forward. Welcome aboard, Isaiah Rogers. Rogers. Have them pesky commies. Oh, yeah. The pesky commies. Finished last season 8 8 and 1. They're probably crowning achievement of last season was handing the Philadelphia Eagles their first loss. Which, in fairness, many probably didn't have them to to be that team, but um, they did it. And that's not to mention ending the the Ravens' preseason streak. Um, They ditched Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz, and they started in their last game Sam Howell, who had a, a, a fine last game. Fine in the the good sense. He looked well. Um, mm-hmm. I did think it was a bit of a mistake that they did they didn't really pursue any viable quarterbacks in the off season. You know, kind of rolling with Sam Howell, who I think was a fifth round pick after one game. But he has looked good in the preseason. They did sign Jacoby Brissett as a backup, who's probably you know towards the top of the the backup tier of quarterbacks. Um. I think 
there was a bit of criticism around them in the draft. They picked Emmanuel Forbes over Christian Gonzalez, who the Patriots picked, and who would have been pre-draft the number one corner. But given that they were also clowned last year for picking Jahan Dotson, who went on to have a pretty fantastic rookie season, I'm, I'm actually giving the, the com- commanders the benefit of the doubt here. I think Emmanuel Forbes could be a, a very good corner. Um, I think defense, I think we said last year that the defense should be top tier, and they, they quietly were, um, but it took a bit mm. to get going. Um, I do think the... I think that they are putting together a pretty solid team. My big concern with the commanders is Ron Rivera. Uh, he doesn't do it for me. And I think a couple of years ago, he was that steady, calm presence with the Panthers, and he was brought in here to be that sort of character. Uh, just, But more and more, the... the yeah. I Proficiency of a head coach, a I don't think, is there. I was a significant fan of, of River on, but that incident last year where post-game, mm. he realised mid-interview they were eliminated from playoff contention was not a good look. Not a good look. I will hand it to him. He's not just, you know, the head coach. I think he had GM duties and he was in a, a, a circus of a franchise. So I will give him mm. some benefit of the doubt, but it's it's uh, it's not a good look. Uh, particularly earlier on in the preseason as well when he was... He said that players were coming to him with concerns about Eric Bieniemy. True or not, it's, it's, it's a bad look for the franchise. The head coach shouldn't be divulging those sort of details. Um, that is the the flip side is Eric Bieniemy. He's coming over from Kansas. He has mm. co-orchestrated, you know, the league's top offense with uh, Andy Reid there. So it'll be interesting to see how he impacts uh, the Commanders. Like they also have good pieces. You know, remains to be seen what Sam Howell is. But um, scary Terry, I think, is just. I think he's. He's quietly in that uh, that top tier. I think he's unbelievable. Yeah. Jahan Dotson yeah. is again. He's he's had a, a quiet but excellent rookie season. And then they have all those pieces on the D line mm-hmm. and defense. So uh, looking at their first five games very quickly um, versus Arizona, at Denver, at home versus Buffalo, at Philly. And then at home versus Chicago. I think I have them going two and three, probably losing to uh, Buffalo, Philly, and Chicago is a wild card game. So they could go two and three, they could go three and two. I just, you know, I've I had to put some losses somewhere. I have them finishing the, se- the season seven and ten. I know I just talked them up there saying I like their personnel on both sides of the ball. It's um it's it's coaching. It's new players, it's pieces, it's we've seen that the all the talent on the the uh defense doesn't not necessarily always translate to, you know, continuity and good play. And Sam Hall how it's, you know, some people are, are are surprised that the 49ers are rolling with Purdy after the short sample size we saw of him last year. That's you know, the magnitude is much greater than compared with or when you when you look at Sam Howe. One game at the end of the last season. Um so it's just a what it's a it's a you know, it's a wild card. We don't know. So that's that's why they have a, a conservative win record for me. Um. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. I suppose the final team in the NFC East is Fairy Tale on on Broadway. Um, the New York Giants. Last season, very unexpected. I think everyone kind of had a soft spot for Brian Dable and what he was doing in New Netherlands. 
They finished 9-7, and seven, which was good enough for third in the NFC East, but it did get them into the playoffs. They defeated the Vikings in the wildcard round and then were beaten by the Eagles in the division round. The first five is Cowboys at home, Cardinals away, 49ers away, the Seahawks at home and the Dolphins away. I think, barring the Cardinals, that it's a brutal opening stanza. Um, if, particularly if the Seahawks are what we expect them to be. I think they could beat the Cowboys, but I think they could lose the Cowboys. I'm expecting to beat the Cardinals. 49ers away is difficult. Um, no, no bones about that. Um, assuming Brock Purdy looks like what he looked like for much of the, the, the games he played. Seahawks at home, it, it's a tough one. If the Seahawks play anything like they did last year. And the Dolphins way, I kind of fancy them to lose that game. Um, in terms of an outlook for the season, the best possible outcome for the Giants at the end of the season, regardless of their record or where they finish, is that Daniel Jones proves he's worthy of that four-year, $160 million contract. One of the best things he did last year was control the turnovers. And that was one of his big issues. Um... He did a great job with interceptions. I think he only threw five, which is the fewest among quarterbacks with more than 10 starts. Oftentimes, the starting point is obviously, I, I think this is kind of the trend for this episode of my previews, was like the trend is not beating yourself. And he showed he could, he, he could do that. He should avoid losing games. Um, But with a big contract, and he's not the only one that's got a big contract this year, um, it brings big expectations and it comes with pressure. Sometimes players can find themselves in that kind of a trap where they try and be something they're not. Instead of accepting the fact that they're getting paid for what they've done, they try and show that they're worth this new value. But they've already done that. Um, I suppose hopefully Jones, for, from a Giants perspective, he grows on what he'd done last season and the Giants kind of know that they're going to have a guy that's going to help them win every year. Uh, it would also for the Giants fans and the faithful mean last season wasn't a one-off but is an indicator of where Jones is now developed to and where he can continue to develop on um, I do think they will be a playoff contender but it's going to be a hard road and I think this is one of those sides with a high ceiling and a, a low floor um, they're not going to be sneaking up on anyone this season nobody's going to underestimate them like they did last season and they're going to have, I suppose, look, there's a challenge to learning to deal with success. And it, it's a skill. And it's just like dealing with adversity. So I know that probably sounds like a bit of a love letter to the Giants, but it, it wasn't intended. I just think a lot of pieces in the air, new new contract for Saquon Barkley, not blockbuster by any means. He's probably been underpaid. But it, he, he's still got the most significant running back contract. I think anyone's got this off season. It's a whopping contract for Daniel Jones based on one season. It's a lot to circumvent. In terms of a prediction, I kind of think they could they could maybe one up. Um, last season, I think I put them down as nine and seven, but probably would have been nine and eight. Um, I'm thinking ten and seven. Um, but and I know that's high. I don't, but I'm I don't rate the Cowboys as high of you as you've rated them. I kind of see. Um, Eagles is 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 obviously front front runners in the division, and I see it kind of being a a battling ground between second and fourth. I think anyone, I think it's very interchangeable this year. I think the Cowboys aren't going to be the Cowboys we've seen last year, and I just think McCarthy's due a massive drop off, and I think the Cowboys will go down with him. And that's where. Um. Yeah. I think if you look at the Giants and you look at the Commanders, there is an argument that the Commanders have the better roster. There is no argument that Commanders have the better coaching. I, th- I think I would take yes. Dable, Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale any day over Ron Rivera uh, Eric Bieniemy and Jack Del Rio. There's an element too where, and you could be wrong, but you kind of think you know what you're going to get a, a quarterback from the Giants, whereas you just don't know. From the, the other thing, yeah, as you say um, with the Giants, is Daniel Jones. I think he threw one of the fewest, you know, counts of interceptions last year. 
I think he also had a... He threw five, pretty, which was the fewest among quarterbacks that's, that had more than 10 starts. Pretty good. Pretty excellent. But fewest. I think if... I think brilliant. if you um if you also looked at his average depth of target, I think that's pretty low. They didn't throw deep last year, and of course, I think that's that's where a lot of interceptions happen. Um, so mm. I'm not I'm not trying to take it away from Daniel Jones because at the end of the day, he took care of the ball, and that was a problem for him the first couple of years. Mm. Um, but with the natural addition of Jalen Hyatt, um, you know somebody to stretch the field. It sort of implies he will be taking deep shots um, more frequently, and that could lead to more interceptions. Now, he, I think he was also highly rated as a deep thrower when he did throw deep, um, but it was a small sample size last year. Uh, it, it, it's also interesting to see what Darren Waller is going to do to that group. Um, could be a, a big, big improvement and addition if he can stay healthy, because he struggled with that just the last two years himself. Um, but yeah, I would I would agree with you. I know I said I had the Cowboys going eleven and six, and I had the Commanders going seven and ten. Um, I do think there's a bit of variance around these teams. One concern I might not mention with the Cowboys is while they have a very good starting O line, their depth is very very poor. Brutal. So any Brutal. any injuries along that line, particularly when they're already starting Tyron Smith and Terrence Steele, who's coming off an injury. Um, you know, a, a single injury there could could have big ramifications. Um, I talked up the commanders personnel. Um, you know, if if things bounce right for them, I wouldn't be surprised if they won a few more games in that. I think there is a good bit of variance with the three teams um, that aren't the Eagles. Um, I I think. And that sounds biased. It's not. It's not intended. If look, of course, anybody listening. You know we're fans of the Eagles, and we have them winning the division. The they they'll chalk it up to to bias. Um, I mean, objectively, they are probably the favourites for the division as well. I believe they are. But um, but if you had to, if you had to rank the teams in their order of where they'll finish, where would you where would you have them? That's it's tough. Like I I can go Eagles one and okay probably would just starting off the bat I would probably go same order as last year yeah yeah but I'm not confident in any of those positions bar one and that's been brutally honest um yeah I would agree I I I would now at this moment in time place them as they finished last year I don't think that'll happen I think I do think the Eagles will repeat and buckle that trend so we don't have to hear it anymore. Repeat champions, first repeat champions mm-hmm. since 2004. Yeah. Um, Which was the Eagles as well. That's right. Sure. I think the Cowboys could lose a few games and the Giants could come second. I think the, the Commanders have the potential to to come third in division. It would be a surprise but foreseeable that they could come second in division. Things could bounce right and the Giants could win the division you know anything can happen but that's that's how I would place them at this moment in time as they finished last year well look I think that concludes this season's previews probably sounds strange but I'm delighted that we've done the previews because it means we can now look forward to week one and then just enjoy the action well we can talk Um, about concrete things instead of projecting what things could Prediction. happen you know unfortunately we're humans yeah. you know we've got our jobs to go to we've got uh, families to provide for we don't have all day to uh to to learn third stringers and how depth of a team might fare up against depth of other teams so when we see valid valid, valid concerns we're mortal um, men but yeah but look think that's all from me um that is all from me what are we doing next week just before we do sign off we did it's, it's a surprise tune in next week <laughs> bitches <laughs> thank you and good night
zone. We better put some people in the end zone, right, Joe? That's exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, Here guys. it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs.